0: we must learn to fight well for ourselves first. Then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Welcome to Warrior Mothers Who Know. All right. Well, oh ladies, it's so wonderful to to be here. I'm so excited that we're gonna be talking about general conference because that was just really such a neat experience to have. I don't know. It always helps me to be considering before a general conference, something we talk about here in Mothers you Know about, oh, just try to put the eternal truth over all the mess in your life, right? And go to conference and try to hear something that's gonna be helpful. But yeah, before we get started, I just wanted to just highlight something that Elder Holland said in 2016 because it just is so relatable. And the reason why it's relatable, I just, when was it? Gosh, it was last week. Can't remember what day it was last week. But it was the same day. It was Wednesday, because it's when Luann talked about drooping daffodils in our team mom power group. And I was just thinking, what is my deal? Why can't I have any happy thoughts today? What's happening to me? I just was feeling very down and slow and concerned, and like I didn't have the motivation to get out of that. It was one of those hard days. And luckily, I have women to connect to. And at 10 a.m., I went to the Team Mom Power group that meets at 10 a.m. And anyway, she holds up this vase of daffodils. And she has, you know, like two beautiful daffodils looking like they're all spry and looking like we are daffodils. And then there were some at different levels that were just like drooping over and one that was just really hanging down. And she said, I've noticed lately I'm kind of feeling like these drooping daffodils. And anyway, what she shared helped me so much to just reframe. Like, oh my gosh, I forgot something so important. And afterwards I had to go find my son because the night before he'd been telling me, I don't know what my problem is. Right? And so I had to go find him and tell him. And I said, you know what? I know everybody has their own little battles and things are happening to everybody for different reasons. But I absolutely believe that when we have been illuminated by the spirit, Right. Whenever we're entering an illuminated time like general conference, we start being more focused on maybe things that will distract us from the power of what that can bring us so that we don't get as much out of it. We feel more distracted and a little bit, you know, we end up going to general conference and everybody's like, and I brought questions and you're thinking I didn't bring anything. Right. And then afterwards, we can feel so elated and pumped and like wow that was so helpful and it was such a neat glorious thing that we just experienced and we feel pretty great and then we notice just a few days after it's like what is my problem it's happening to me and i think it's part of this you know being in a high illuminated place full of the spirit where so much of maybe you know, just things we can't see are happening, right? As you consider the other side of the veil, and you consider what they might be doing about General Conference, and you consider us and what we're doing about General Conference, and then we consider our lives and, and all the effort we put into trying to be edifying as moms to make everybody kind of like something about General Conference, whether it's feed them food or rub their feet or give them rewards or hand them papers to look for things. So they'll listen, right? We're just trying to, to do something like that. And then, so there's a lot of effort that goes into it. Sometimes it almost feels like it's a holiday, like Thanksgiving or something like, wow, we're, we're really trying hard because we have people that want to come over. So we're making some space for that and we're going to adjust there. And You know, there's just a lot going on. And so, Anyway, this is what Elder Hahn shared and I thought it was so cool. So I think every time I want to say this, cause it's just so, so real. So it's kind of long, but it's not too long because everything Elder Hahn says, especially this is so relatable to what we're doing today. And even if you're feeling like me today in this meeting, I'm like, I'm really unprepared for this meeting super unprepared. I had a plan of what this was going to look like and doesn't look like that. I am not arriving like I planned, but I thought, I don't have to be in charge of this meeting. I just have to facilitate the meeting and do the best I can. Right. And so here we go. I'm going to share this. Okay, if you'll just just read the words, except for the it's a desert news article put out April 3rd, 2016. Yeah, and it was from a talk that Jeffrey R. Holland gave. Earl, oh, the Lord will do wonders among, among you. And this is what he says here. Thanks. Okay. With
1: the concluding speech of General Conference, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles expressed to President Thomas S. Monson the love that he and members of the church have for him. In a lighthearted manner, Elder Holland noted two problems. First was the fact that he was the only person standing between listeners and the ice cream waiting at the close of the conference. He explained the second problem by showing an illustration of a T-Rex chasing two children. The children were labeled us while the T-Rex was labeled tomorrow. Elder Holland acknowledged that the wonderful feelings that defined the conference will perhaps give way to more worldly matters of the day. Moses, the apostle of the New Testament, and even the Lord Jesus Christ, sometimes had to reluctantly transition from celestial experiences to more earthbound issues, Elder Holland noted. If in the days ahead you see not only limitations in those around you, but also find elements in your own life that don't yet measure up to the messages that you have heard this weekend, Please don't be cast down in spirit and don't give up, he encouraged. The gospel, the church, and those, these wonderful semi-annual gatherings are intended to give hope and inspiration. They are not intended to discourage you. The adversary, he added, would try to convince many that the ideals outlined in general conference are unrealistic and that people can't really progress. Lucifer knows he can't improve, he can't progress, that worlds without end, he will never have a bright tomorrow. He is a miserable man bound by eternal limitations, and he wants you to be miserable too. We don't fall for that, but the gift of the atonement and the strength of heaven to help us, we can improve. And the great thing about the gospel is we get credit for trying, even if we don't always succeed. Remember, the Lord blesses those who want to improve, who accept the need for commandments and try to keep them, who cherish Christ-like virtues and strive to acquire them. If you stumble in that pursuit, and so does everyone, the Savior is there to help you keep going, he said. If you fall, summon his strength, get back up, then repent and repair and fix whatever you have to fix and keep going. Soon enough, you will have the success you seek. The first great commandment is to love God, but the first great truth of all eternity is that God loves us with all his heart, might, mind, and strength. That love is the foundation stone of eternity, and that should be the foundation stone of our daily life. Indeed, it is only with that reassurance burning in our soul that we can have the confidence to keep trying to improve. To keep seeking forgiveness for our sins and to keep extending that grace to our neighbor. If one gives his or her heart to God and does his or her best, then tomorrow and every other day is going to be magnificent, even if it's not always recognized as such, promised Elder Holland. Heavenly Father wants to bless us, he said. A rewarding, abundant, and eternal life is the very object of his merciful plan for his children. Keep loving, keep trying, keep trusting, keep believing, keep growing. Heaven is cheering you on today, tomorrow, and forever.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. So good. So that's what hit me is, you know what's happening? That's happening. And that came out in our Team Mom Power meeting as well. Some some of us mentioning, yeah, when, when it's We're up so illuminated in this great place and then we come back down off of that. We sometimes can be very susceptible to noticing something is so off with me. I was really high and now I'm way down here. What just happened? Yeah. Does anyone have anything to say about any of that? Just that Satan is a jerk. Yep. And the human experience is real and it's really common, right? We all are experiencing it. And so it's weird how isolated we can feel like, what is my problem? I think I'm having a problem. Everybody else probably feels awesome and it's doing awesome. But why am I doing this? I think it's something really common to everybody. So good. All right. It's so wonderful to be with you. And I'm excited to talk about General Conference. I have, lots of personal notes that I took during conference, but I also have general conference pulled up here on my computer. So even if you're not prepared, just invite you to share even some of the feelings that you had, some of the overall impressions or some of the things you found and stood out and that you were grateful for. And so, yeah, this is about general conference takeaways. So it doesn't necessarily have to do with the doctrine that you learned at General Conference, it can do have to do with that or anything else that was a takeaway for you from General Conference.
2: So, yeah. Okay. I I was running around between our classes, like where'd that little notebook go that I was have somewhere and I couldn't find it. And I was thinking, well, I should be able to remember something, or I should have had something on my mirror and. I I can't come up with something right this minute. (laughs) So, so anyway, I, I just recall as, as we sat down to Saturday conference, I sent a little invite out to my kids and just told them why I like conference and, and I have to be a little careful not to be too overbearing on my preaching and all of that. And I just, I feel nudged by the spirit to to back off a little sometimes (laughs) and anyway, but so once in a while I do, and I sent something anyway, we had three or four older kids here that were at our house and, and we tried to make a nice breakfast and, and just do some, try and make it feel a little bit special. But as conference started, it was just my husband and I sitting on the couch. Nobody else was, and with adults, you, you can't just say, it's time if you want to you know a <laughs> horse time out or whatever that's not an option anymore and so just invited but my mind went back to you know just days of old and missing like oh we used to take a little trip we used to do this everyone had their little notebooks out everyone was so excited to learn and it's not that way right now that's not how it is and as we sat there I just felt like, I felt those little thoughts and those little things trying to pull it being discouraging. And I, I'm just, I just felt just this warm sense of confidence and confidence in the Savior and how he does his work and how much he loves my family and how it's okay that it's not exactly like I planned. And the reason it's okay is because the Savior's on the job and I love that he's on the job. And and I felt more and more like I can I can wait to let the plan work how you would like, and I would love to assist with that wherever I should as a mom. And I just let me know what it is, and I'll seek it for your help on that. But it's remarkable to me to to sit and feel any source of you know peace or confidence when everything that you've worked for and prayed for and tried so hard for is not how it is. And I'm just so grateful for the spirit. I'm so grateful for the savior, what he does and how I'm getting to know how he works. And, and I just have a lot of confidence in that. And anyway, that's, that's not a highlight from conference, but it was a highlight just from that, that starting experience for me. So thanks for letting me share.
0: Mm, so
3: good i'll yeah. piggyback off what bj said real quick because i'll be driving in a second toward the temple but similarly i did have my the first day my son was at theater rehearsal so he wasn't able to watch with me so i was we watched in the beginning and then went to rehearsal and then i watched by myself the rest of the day because my husband went and served others which was really nice but i missed having him there for conference and then we we as we watched that evening and the next day, one of the things that I noted was that my 15-year-old son still wanted to cuddle me and hold me during conference. And I just was really grateful for that and just thought I want to be so happy in this moment right now because, because it's, I just know that I don't know how long this will last. And just knowing what my second son did or has done with his life, just just made me want to drink in these moments now and just focus on the present. And so I was super grateful for that. It, it made me kind of emotional. And then I loved the talks. There are so many things that, that I learned, but my brain like UBJ, I can't remember now, like the things that stood out to me the most. I feel sad that I've, I've kind of forgotten, but, but there were so many great talks that just filled me up and filled me with the spirit and, I was grateful that my husband sat in some of them and and the, some of the some of the talks and we did have our special breakfast and on Sunday morning and that was fun but it does it does change as we get older it's really interesting the changes and and it was the first conference that my middle son didn't watch any of so that was challenging for me so thanks thank you
0: yeah so good yeah that is such an important thing to notice how our expectation of the beauty of what this is going to look like because it looks so amazing right now when we're all little and everybody has their little notebook out and we kind of are looking like this so good bj i'm glad you brought that up and then to notice as our you know, kids grow and individuate and they have their own journey, just like we have our own journey. And maybe we did a little bit of different things than our parents thought we would do or what that would look like with us, right? I don't think I ever had a thought back then that this is like killing my mom right now, right? This, I super care about what my mom and dad are thinking about this right now like I did, but not in a way that was validating at all. Now that I know the experience of the parent, so much different. But it is so miraculous. Thanks for that. Just that noticing both of you sharing that, yeah, there's growth, and you noticed your own personal growth, and also had an awareness of where you were at, even though things highly adjusted in lots of ways. So good. All right. Thanks, gals.
4: Yeah, I really loved how you started with that talk, Karen, because I feel like that is so helpful to just acknowledge that right off the bat that There's emotions that go in and I I feel like, man, I want to print that picture out of the T-Rex chasing the kids because it just made me, it just normalized it in the fact that I think if I, if I like looked at that and was like, okay, this is real, this is going to happen after it's almost like it changes your expectations and it's not as hard. Like you're like, it's okay. It's normal. And you're not having this negative, you know, Satan can't work as much in there. And so I just thought that was so brilliant before a discussion of conference, because personally, yeah, sometimes when it's like, oh, it's a discussion about general conference. In my mind, I just think, oh, everyone else had this perfectly amazing spiritual high the entire time. And, you know, and, and there is that, I mean, like there was times when we totally felt the spirit. Right. But, I just think, oh, that, that reality of like, nothing's wrong with us. And to go through Elder Holland's talk and read those neat things of encouragement from him of how, you know, God loves us for trying. And even if we're not seeing the successes that we want right now, we will, I mean, he, he totally says in that talk, you will someday see the successes that you desire. And it just kind of was like this, like oh, I need to read that talk before every conference, just, just to be like, you know what? It doesn't have to look a certain way, manage your expectations and you'll have a more spirit filled experience. Right. And so that was so amazing. And I really love and appreciate that because it, it did change my whole thought process of it's okay that it wasn't this rainbows and wonder the whole time, right? Like that's not reality, but Satan makes us think everyone else's family is having this amazing experience. And we're just like, Whoa, you know, over here. So I just love that. And I I've been thinking a lot. One of the talks that really touched me and has just been resonating in my mind over and over was president Nelson's on being kind and talking good of others and the way we treat others is really an example of our spirituality right and and it's just been such a neat thing so i want to read a quote that i wrote down and i think they're both from president nelson i know the last part is but it says true disciples build lift encourage persuade and inspire no matter how difficult the situation Today, I invite you to examine your discipleship within the context of the way you treat others. I bless you to make any adjustments that may be needed so that your behavior is ennobling, respectful, and representative of a true follower of Jesus Christ. And I've just really been thinking about this and how in the context of loving and and what our role is to other people. And as I have been going through experiences in my life with adult children that are stretchy, I have learned so much about that Heavenly Father is trying to teach me how to love better and how to, and and the thing that really connected with me as I've been thinking about this is the fact that I am really good at keeping laws. Like I'm a very obedient personality. Right. And I loved those check boxes of life. That's kind of how I lived many years ago. Right. Like, oh, yes, I can check this off. But I thought it was so interesting how in that super obedience, it was very easy to be like a Pharisee where I'm keeping all these laws And this person over here is not keeping these laws. And so it was like it clouds your judgment of, well, it clouds your clarity that loving and not judging and not condemning and not shunning people is the first and second great commandment. And so it was so interesting how you could almost say, oh, I'm justified because I'm living all of these laws. But reality, loving people is. Being and keeping our covenants, right? So it's like, wait a second here. You got to bring the laws and the love into balance in your life because loving God and loving our neighbor are the first and second great commandments. So that has just been really on my mind a lot that it's great. I'm good at keeping laws, but now I get to work on expanding my heart and loving everybody no matter what. I can control if I'm keeping. What I'm doing, but for my role for them, it's to love and to put my arms around, and so that was really neat. That just that he shared those along that same line of what I had been feeling.
0: So, will you say the name of the talk one more time and the speaker, Jen? Well, President Nelson. It was his. I'll look. I'll look up the talk and put
4: it. I don't know the exact name of it. Yeah,
2: okay. But I well, think it's called uh, Peacemakers Needed. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So good. Yeah. Thanks for that. Gosh, it's so helpful to hear you ladies articulate how you support yourself and navigate that space of just being self compassionate, self aware, and trying to apply things that mean a lot to you that you've learned through the spirit to your circumstance. So thanks for that. So good. Debbie?
5: Yeah, thanks. Conference, I love conference so much. And I remember in President Nelson's talk when he was talking about being a peacemaker, he's like, and I'm sure you can think of someone this talk applies to. <laughs> and I remember sitting there and I mean, I have been in that spot before where I thought that, but this time I was thinking, oh, that applies to me. Oh, and that applies to me. And how am I going to fix that? And how am I going to do that? And then through all the talks, I was trying to write notes of like, well, really, how can I be better? And so since conference, I feel like my my head has almost been spinning. Like, yeah, I just got I I really want to do all this, but I don't know how to like organize the unorganized matter that's just keeps spinning around. And because it's spinning so much, I almost felt like I wasn't measured, I couldn't measure up because I couldn't zero in. It was like probably the ADD thing on steroids in my brain, just rapid firing. So last night I attended Maurice Harker's 3.0 Eternal Warriors, which it's awesome. But he, he has such a hilarious way of describing things, I think. And he talked about his Thanksgiving dinner, how he like takes his I don't know, his turkey and his corn and his stuffing, and he mixes it all together and then he eats it like that. And he likened it to the power goals. I'm going to get to general conference. I just have to tell you this part so you can see where my brain went. But anyway, so he likened it to the power goals that we don't have to do it in like the prayer and then sit down and write or sit down and read. We can do it all together, mixed up like his Thanksgiving stir casserole thing that he makes on his plate. And so this morning I was like, I feel like that's exactly how my brain's been like just stirring around but I can't figure out how to because I want to organize it. I can't eat any of it because it, it it's not in order. And I was like, okay, so this morning I'm going to just eat the whole mess all mixed up at one time. <laughs> so just like that I'm gonna try it out. So I did, and I don't know how it all came, but I was sitting in my car. That's where I have to go, where I won't get disturbed. And I opened up my scriptures, and so I was trying to like get the engines going, said my prayer, and then I was like, "Well, what what exactly do I need to really focus on first So not this isn't going to be a big old like vomit fest. I'm just going to give you pointers, but it was you know. I need to work on my humility and charity and comparing. Those those were the three things that came to my mind. I was like, oh, yikes. So I guess that those are needing some repenting. So I kept going and in my scriptures, then I started feeling bad, like, oh, I'm I'm a failure. So then Satan came right in, right? Getting to this to the conference talk in a minute. But anyway, then it went to I went to Second Nephi where it said in four seven wherefore because of my blessing the lord will not suffer that ye shall perish wherefore he will be merciful unto you and your seed forever so then i started to have like some hope like encouragement right and then i don't know how i got here but it it was in a conference talk but it said learn more about so it said learn more about the atonement love mercy Doctrine restored gospel of healing and progression. Learn about those things. I was like, okay, I can do that. And then it it linked over to Elder Bragg, Christ-like poise. Mm. So I started reading the Christ-like poise. And it was so awesome what happened because it says poison blessings. So what are the blessings if we can have poise? And what is poise? It likened it to how Christ, even in adversity, the poise that he showed the kindness or the discernment or the ability to know when to step back, right? So the poise blessings were um, that it would bless the parents, students, and everyone facing the storms of life. And then it went spiritual poise. How did he do that? Well, it blesses us to stay calm and focused. And then this is what the Savior knew, three things. And this was like, ah, this is so awesome. The three things that the savior always knew was he knew who he was. So he knew his identity. Second, he knew the plan of happiness. And the third one was he knew the infinite atonement. And I thought the power of the infinite atonement. So I thought, okay, so he knew who he was. If I know who I am, it gives me purpose in my divinity gives me purpose. Right. And if I Remember the plan of happiness, it gives me vision and excitement. And if I remember the infinite atonement, it gives me hope and peace. And so my time was up. I had to come back for mom power. But then Karen and Mom Power came to John 10 10. So it continued. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she said, Satan is a thief. The thief cometh not, but to still kill and destroy. But I am come that they that thy they might have life. Did I say that right, Karen? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just, I just love the whole process. And I thought Ooh, that like mix up of your Thanksgiving meal is delicious to the spirit and to the taste. And so anyway, that's what I have to share.
0: Ah, so good. That's awesome, Debbie. So good. Thank you. So good. That poise talk was really cool. I just love it. He threw a new word. Like, I don't think we've ever thought Boys, you know, and then to just, that was really cool. Yeah, I, I too have such a testimony, Debbie, of combining those things. It's just a, such a, an amazing thing to me to just notice where the Spirit takes us and leads us in all of it. Thank you for that. Please.
6: All right. I have so much that I learned from conference, but there's a, a couple of talks that really were helpful for me. And one was Neil Anderson's talk, where he, you know, started out talking about the Elma the younger and how he was converted. And um, one of the things that Elder Anderson said was that the savior's love for us does not remove sadness or troubles in this life, but it allows us to move through them. And that was helpful because there are lots of things that we just can't have go away. They're going to be there. And then he also said that Jesus is never in a forgotten corner. And that it's up to us whether or not we're going to reach out and have the hope that he's there. And when we're going through our trials. And then I, like Jen, was really touched by President Nelson's talk on contention because my boy that led me to this program, when he was little, he would always say his prayers like this. He'd say, help us to be peacemakers. All the time he would say that. And I remember thinking how cute that was, but now as you know, years have passed, it wasn't just cute. It really was something that I needed to learn how to be as a peacemaker. And realizing now that a lot of the contention that is in our family and just in the world in general is due to pride where everybody has to be right rather than loving each other. And so I love that President Nelson was touching on a topic that I think most of us just think of like a side topic and not something that's really important. So I just wanted to share a few of the things that when I take notes, I usually just put down like a statement that said, and when it really hits me, there's a heart by it to remind me, this is what I need to be like. And he said that contention is a choice and peacemaking is a choice. So you, we get to choose which side we're on. He said that charity is the antidote to contention. He said, or he, he said to us, That we need to look into our hearts and see if there are shards of pride that need to be removed. And he said that now is the time to bury our weapons of war, that we can be the peacemaker and that we can change. He said that we can change one person at a time, the world one person at a time. And I love that that it seems such a small, like a small thing to not create contention. But at the same time, it's also one of the biggest, like, struggles or hard thing to do, because it's something you have to become. It isn't something you do, like Jen was saying, you know, you just follow the commandment and say, check, I read my scriptures or whatever, but you actually have to become that way. And I personally feel that that talk has helped me in some of the the struggles I've had over this past week where i mean when things are happening i want to be able to say this is what should be happening this is how we should handle this the situation and being able to just sit quietly and consider how heavenly father w- wants that situation to turn out what he wants us to learn from it has helped me so much. And so rather than just reacting or saying the things that I'm feeling in my head at the moment, which would in fact create contention, I've been able to you know, stop and think about the, the person, my daughter, for example. I think about her and I try to have charity and understanding for how she's feeling and what she's going through. And knowing that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ are very much aware of her and what she's feeling and and the experiences she's having. And I should be willing, as the prophet said, to to be there and to have charity and compassion for her in that place that she's at right then. So those are a couple of the talks. I have so many more that I love, but I appreciate the opportunity to share what I I learned and, and how I felt there.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: So awesome. Thank you so much, Kathy. Yeah. One of the things I was gonna say, just because we really applied what happened in the talk and what we heard was I just started listening to the Book of Mormon again. I kind of have a practice of as soon as I get up in the morning, before I allow myself to think words, after I do this little routine that I do, I just have it saved, bookmarked, and start listening to where I left off the last time until I'm ready to say my prayers. Because it just helps me to not just be thought, to just listen to the Book of Mormon. And I have a hard time reading the Book of Mormon every day, so I thought, I'm going to listen to it every day. And so I can put it on top of something I'm already doing. So it was really, it's been neat to have a practice of doing that for quite some time now. And so when Elder Anderson bore testimony of the Book of Mormon and the power that the Book of Mormon had in testifying and witnessing of Jesus Christ, and he talked about Easter and how that the Book of Mormon offers the greatest Easter story ever written. That's, and I can't remember exactly what he said when he said, we all are so ingrained with our traditions about Christmas and our Christmas traditions and then then he said but when you look at scripture in the Bible if you were to take out the Christmas story you would take out just the the few gospels of the apostles that talk about the Christmas story but if you take out the Easter story, then you have no New Testament. And that just hit me so hard. I was like, wow. And so as I considered, what are we doing for Easter? I talked to my husband about it and I said, I really want to do what Elder Elder Stevens is doing for Easter at our house. Would that be okay with you? And so I just said, could we just read Third Nephi 11, 1 through 17 out loud? and then watch the video that depicts exactly those verses. And so anyway, he kind of put that all together and I was doing all the food and the getting ready for things. But I just could not get over. And I was so touched as we I don't know. I think I always have this internal thing going on like, oh, man, We're making Easter or Christmas or something not about Jesus, right? We're just making it about fun and candy and bunnies and lambs and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I thought, ah, so I just thought, I just want it. I don't want to be annoying to anybody. Right. And I want them to, I want to keep the spirit and allow things to be what they are, but also create a space to, bear testimony or have the spirit be felt or give anybody else the opportunity, you know, to just say something that's from their heart without saying, and now we're all going to be sharing with our hearts and bearing testimony. I just want to create a space kind of like that. And so usually if I put my husband in charge of it, it's much better because he's much short, shorter winded, right? says a lot less words and he just thinks about the from the beginning and get to the end of it done that instead of but i think of all the things the fluffy stuff around it right and so it was so good for me to just trust you know that we were just gonna try doing something different but what was so neat there were several people because You know, all of our oldest grandchildren—they handed, they 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 wrote on a piece of paper one through seventeen and handed it out to the room to every person, even if you didn't know how to read. And so everybody had a voice in reading this whole story of the Savior coming to the land, bountiful to the temple, and the people going through the destruction and the fear and the just the really hard and making their way to bountiful. And then when they started remembering the prophecy that had been told about the, hey, this was going to happen. And then they heard the voice of the Savior and the voice of Heavenly Father saying, behold, my beloved son. And then they witnessed a man coming down from heaven. They thought it was an angel. But before the man even came down, it talked about how Just the voice made them quake and it made them, it pierced them. And it just really described what it made them feel like. And, and then when Jesus Christ started talking about inviting them to come and see who he was, that he was Jesus Christ and inviting him to inviting them to witness what he'd been through for them. And, and then anyway, it was just so cool because many people, when they read their verse, they started, you could tell they were moved just reading their verse. And we were sitting in this living room full of candy and garbage and people on the floor. And, you know, it was just all. And so people were still just eating candy, sitting there looking like I'm not really listening, but because everybody had a turn and we just were reading about something. For me personally, I thought that was so powerful because it it was so relatable to where we're at and what we are looking forward to in the Savior's coming and what we are experiencing. That we're not just talking about Jesus Christ's birth. He was born and came to earth and was an example for us. And we're so grateful for that. It's like, you know, this is who Jesus Christ is for us. And this same thing is going to happen again in, in our modern day way, right? I don't know what that will look like, but it was just really cool to then go down and watch the video of them going through the destruction and all of the fear and hard and then getting to that place that we ended in the scriptures where he just testifies of who he is and he invites everybody to come into him. But yeah, there were a couple of people that got emotional. And so, anyway, I was just so grateful for his talk as I witnessed in our own lives how stunning that was for me personally. And I'm not sure what it did to everyone else, but. There are specific people that I, you know, three that I just talked to because I could tell something was significant for them since then. But yeah, I just really appreciated his talk. That helped me a lot to consider Easter and to do things different. And it was neat to experience
7: it different. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that, Aaron. Well, I, for conference, I only really took notes for Saturday because Sunday, my daughter had a competition for her percussion group. And so we really didn't get to hear much, but I've been trying to listen to it little by little, but I haven't been taking notes on that. So my notes all come from Saturday and I was prompted again, especially during Elder Benjamin DeHoyas during his talk. I know that, you know, I've been prompted many times that I need to be learning about my family history. And the spirits even told me that to focus on learning about them. I mean, I would love to be able to do more, you know, gather more names and all that kind of stuff. And maybe that will come too. But to me that, I think that's the reason that I've not, like I've avoided it because I don't really feel comfortable learning, doing that, finding names. But I do have, you know, information that I can learn about my family. And so I started to do that several weeks ago, and then I kind of dropped the ball. And so I think that was a reminder to me that I need to go back and learn about my ancestors. And then I really liked Elder Gong's talk. He was talking about ministering. There was a couple different talks about ministering, even on just on Saturday. And Elder Gong, one thing that he said that really, like I wrote it down, he said, there is a gap between those saying they are meet, being ministered to, I'm sorry, between those saying that they are ministering and those that are saying that they're being ministered to. And I wondered how, how they gather that information. I mean, I assume it's, you know, elders quorum presidents and relief society presidents. And I thought, what am I reporting and what? And it was funny because my, my, Relief Society president had just called me the previous week to ask about ministering. And I, I tried to be honest about what I have done, but you know, obviously I know I'm falling short. I know that I have not contacted a lot of people on my route. Well, two of the sisters on my route much at all, but I did make efforts to reach out to one of them. And then I've also made efforts to reach out to some elderly ladies in my ward that are not necessarily on my route, but she I, I felt like when I was talking to her that I needed to tell her how I feel about ministering and that nobody is coming to visit me. And lots of time, and it hasn't, I mean, most of the time I've lived here, I've had very little people come and visit me, but I'm one of the active ones. I'm one of the ones that goes to church every week. I'm one of the ones who's, I mean, I've been a Relief Society president, I've served in the Relief Society Presidency. I've I've been in leadership callings, not right now, but, you know, I go diligently to church and it's not like I never see anybody and I never talk to anybody. Of course I do. But, but when he said that, I thought, yeah, I feel, and I feel kind of guilty saying I want to be ministered to. I want people to come visit me because I feel like I'm needy, you know, and I, Um, And I'm being ungrateful because there are people who show love to me. Of course, I get lots of that here and in my team. And I definitely feel love from a lot of sisters in my ward, for sure. One in particular who has tried to reach out to me several times. And we've been friends ever since I moved here almost 20 years ago. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, how, how to say it to her without, you know, sounding like a whiner because I don't want to whine about it. It's not, I'm not whining about it, but I do feel like there is still a gap like Elder Gong is saying. And I'm taking, I want to take responsibility for both sides of that too. Like I know I need to do better. I know I need to reach out to sisters better as well. And I hope that sisters will reach out to me and the other sisters in our ward more often And more sincerely, so that we can feel more unified, and strive to be really be like the Savior in that way. And so, anyway, so that's just some thoughts. And I one that kind of went along with it was Elder Uchida. He also talked about you know ministering one by one, and brought up those parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, prodigal son. And so I just wrote down who can I minister to each day, and you know I. I don't ask that question every day, but I want to try to remember to incorporate that into my prayers and to really seek the spirit to guide me, to be able to minister to, to those around me and find people that I can serve. So those are my thoughts. Mm,
0: Thank you so much. It's beautiful. Thank you for that. And one of the things about sharing, it's just so wonderful to consider what the Spirit is teaching each of us, when someone shares, uh, thank you so much. Appreciate what you shared. I just I have to say one thing because I think it's one of the game changer things for me. I I had a time that I had to request that somebody come and minister to me, and it was really vulnerable and so frightening. And I didn't like it at all. I especially didn't like the way that it made me look and the way I perceived that it made me look right. And the outcome of me asking to be ministered to didn't change at all. Like, even though I got all weird and said something really weird and did something really weird. Like it didn't do anything, like nothing changed, right? Just the vulnerability of asking helped me, helped the Spirit teach me something. And over the years, because that happened when I was like 25 or 26. And over the years, it's been so interesting for me to notice, because my mom taught me, you know, to like Marie says, give connection, right? She kind of taught us this whole thing. Like you should never be the person that's sitting there. You should always go and get the people like go and say hi to people, but that's her personality. It wasn't necessarily my personality. So it was really hard for me as an adulting person to even know how to frame that in my life. But Anyway, it put me on this crossroad that put me on this little journey of having to make really big decisions in my life for myself. But I just so appreciate you sharing that, Jana, because that's a real place. We need to feel seen and heard. But there was something in asking that that I was seen and I was heard, but not in the way that I expected it to be. So anyway, I'll just share that. Thanks ladies for sharing.
8: I just want to say that I hear about the ministering. I really hear that. And I have always struggled with that, but I had a ministering interview and this is not what I plan on saying. So I'm just saying it because this is such a good topic. I don't want to move on yet. Just that when we went in for our ministering interview, it was really interesting that they said ministering is not what, you know, it's not visiting teaching. It is ministering and you are not assigned you're assigned partners, but you're really supposed to minister to each other. So you're all just like in a group. And it was just kind of a different perspective. And so with that, because I was struggling and I was saying, I don't know if we can even minister to some of these girls. Cause I have some, I actually serve in a calling with one of them. And I feel this, like, can I minister and get personal and yet still be in this calling with them and not step on toes? And, you know, anyway, and there's some inactivity, even though they're serving. Anyways, it's, it's kind of a weird place. But what was interesting is I just knew that that was a great thing to be told in that interview. And I was praying about it, and I had this prompting, and I was scared to death to act on it. So I know we've been told in this program fear is false evidence appearing real. And so I was like, okay, this is real. I'm just going to do what. God wants me to do it. I'm just going to send it. And I, I, I wanted to send the whole, I wanted to send a quote from the talk, but I wasn't brave enough to do that. So I sent a picture, you know, how in the pic, they have pictures and then like a quote inside the picture that goes with the talk. So I sent that. And then I sent the link of the talk. <laughs> so I'm like, if, if God's in this, then they'll click on it and hit, they'll get what they need out of it. You know? So I didn't want to be pushy, but it was the start of a group chat. And so It was just, I just felt very inspired to do that. And it felt really weird and very uncomfortable for me. But what was amazing is because we started that, we, I kept asking questions and doing what you say, Karen, and getting curious and just trying to pull people out of their heads, I guess, because we haven't been able to visit them with all the crazy of the holidays and just general conference, lots of time, you know, not being at church per se. just asking good questions like what do you like to do in the spring and leaving it completely open and having everyone respond and and doing some brave things that i can't say all of it was a positive feedback but that's not what god's plan is right to have positive feedback and so just to be willing to be brave and to do it and so i just want i'll leave that there but it was empowering for me even though it was absolutely scared me to death okay so with that being said I just wanted to say just about Easter and and general conference, because I've kind of heard both things. And they just, one thing that is really standing out to me is what my daughter taught me, who's nine. And, you know, I think I it, it happened last year, but it happened again this year, kind of in a more real way. But last year we were just talking and explaining to her that, you know, some people, when they worship on the Easter, that's like the only time they get to go to church, that's their big time to go to church. And I don't remember, I think someone was asking us about what we believe kind of thing and, and worshiping Christ and, and, you know, I don't know, we were just having this conversation and she's like, well, we worship Jesus Christ every day of the year. We don't have to just do it on Easter or on Christmas mass or whatever. And so it just really kind of has been hitting me again this year, but in a different way, because my daughter, you know, we tried to do those different things that were from conference And we did try amazing things. And I was blessed every day to see my children grow in different ways. I just gave them each a day and assigned them a topic that was in the enzyme for daily study or whatever. But what was really amazing was a, to check in with each child and to see what they knew. And like my 10 year old, she made some connections that she didn't have before. And there are things that as my older kids, I just kind of assume they know and understand But these, this little one, you know, hadn't really made those connections about Easter. And so that was precious. And then my other middle teenager, she was asking questions like, why does God have to be a just God if he's all powerful? And she was kind of thinking through all this mess in her head and, and it was beautiful. And then we, and then my son was really fighting the whole system because he's 18, but he's still home. So he had to be part of the program but it was interesting. They all did what I had asked, but then we had a day where we kind of had just shared our testimonies and what we learned throughout the week on Sunday after anyway. And it was interesting because my daughter just kept talking about this justice thing, but it wasn't like, I know Jesus lives. And so my son who's 18 is like, well, that's not what we, we need to say, I know, you know, and, and it kind of was this power struggle she got frustrated. And it was just really interesting because she's like, mom, So I don't like this testimony thing. She's like, I just want to live my gospel and have people see and know that I love Jesus Christ. And if you knew this daughter, you would know that that's exactly the way she lives. And she is a light to everyone who sees her. She is a beckoning light of hope and truth. And you know, she knows Jesus Christ. And you know, she loves general conference. She, we have a tradition where we go see cousins, but it is definitely writing about the savior and about general conference on that those days and she's so excited though because we've built it up for so many years and she's 14 that she cannot control her enthusiasm in high school and it is crazy because for her in junior high when it was happening she was like, oh my goodness, why don't people, this is Utah, why don't people go to church and watch general Conference? So she was kind of frustrated that it was her first time for her eyes to be open that guess what? Not everyone, even though they say they're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they don't all have the same culture. They don't all understand or love things the same way we love them. But it was really powerful that that didn't scare her. And that this year, even in high school, she exuberated but it's partially because I don't think she can control it I mean of course it's in her comfort zone of friends but it was really wonderful for her and for me to say yes this daughter who maybe she is too shy and too anxious to bear her testimony at the pulpit bears her testimony every day and so it just connects back to what I was saying about my 10 year old who said you know We sometimes build up to these big things, Christmas, Easter, or general conference, which, by the way, I absolutely loved. But it's in the daily living of those principles and that testimony that we're practicing. And and that's kind of been what's been ringing in my head is that we know the scriptures. We know the gospel. We have so much knowledge being having the restored gospel of Jesus Christ but the practicing of those principles and inviting that power of Jesus Christ into our lives is work. And it's harder than, than, than I think it's always hard. Coming to this group helps me to practice those principles bravely and more valiantly than I could without it. And so it just hit me, you know, like my 10 year old had it, sorry, I was going to cry, but she had it perfect. We live this every day. And if we're doing that, then we don't have to worry about maybe those few moments where we miss here or there because every day we are living our testimony of Jesus Christ. And that is the true worship that we do on Easter and Jesus Christ, but we do it every day. What a cool gospel where we don't, we do it every day. And so that's all I really wanted to say. So
0: beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. So beautiful. That was just beautiful. So
1: I just hope everything comes out the way I want it to, but I'm going to piggyback off two of the other sisters. So with the ministering, I had just, my husband and I have been assigned to, we companions. And so we, you know, visit or have some families in the board. And so he had invited one of them to watch general conference and uh, we get this text back from, from the sister, and she just ripped my husband and I a new one. And just, he was just released as bishop and, she, and I was released as a president years ago, few years ago. And she just came back and said, you guys never did ever, ever, ever did anything for us as my family, of my family. And my husband and I are just like, what, you know, So that was not that was not very encouraging. So then I go to the talk from President Nelson with Peacemaker. And I'm like, okay, I gotta be a peacemaker. But it's hard. It was, you know, as I was listening to that, because this happened right before the conference. And and, you know, was all that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, how I mean, how could she say that we did nothing, you know, for their family when both my husband and I have done so much for their family. So I hope that they can find in their heart to see something different. Uh, So I don't know how that one's going to go with ministering to them. They kind of told us to leave them alone. So, and that's hard. So then President Nelson's Peacemaker one, but the one that I went with was from Elder Bednar. It says, abide in me and I in you, therefore walk with me. And there's a couple of quotes in here. But I just wanted to read, it says, "Because so Elder Holland, he quotes Elder Holland in the talk, and Elder Holland's explaining what the mer- word abide means. And then Elder Bednar says, but come, but come to remain. Come with conviction and endurance. Come permanently for your sake and the sake of all the generations who must follow you. Thus we abide in Christ as we are firm and steadfast in our devotion to the Redeemer and his holy purposes in times both good and bad. The covenant connection we have with our heavenly father and his resurrected and living son is the supernal source of perspective, hope, power, peace, and enduring joy. It is also the rock solid foundation upon which we should build our lives, which then I thought of Helaman 512 where we build our, our foundation upon the rock. And then I think of the lesson last week where we have one savior, there's me and there's my enemy. And even though I have good and bad times, sorry, I know my Heavenly Father's aware of me. And I know my elder brother, my Savior. And they're both cheering me on as I write this roller coaster life that, and I know so many of you really did not even think you would ever be on this roller coaster ride. You never thought that. And I never thought that. But so Elder Bednar's, you know, talk was good, you know, abide in him and he'll abide in me. And all I have to do is I just have to continue to do what I can do. I can beckon or I can stay by the tree and the connection that I can feel through my heavenly father and his son, you know, helps me. So that was kind of my, I had many talks, but those kind of, that kind of was my takeaway.
0: So. Wow. That's so good. Thanks so much for sharing. That was really neat to hear you and what's going on with you and even relating to the ministering thing. So good. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Isn't it wonderful the way our mother hearts reach out for each other in this meeting? Like you can just, yeah, you're like, "Mm." like, I know, like, I, I'm, I'm not, or I'm not the woman who just shared but i i know i have a heart and things i care about just as deeply and i've felt very similar things and it's just so neat to to feel connected and yeah like we're relating in the, the spirit as we're talking and sharing thank you okay
9: yeah, thanks. It was good. It was good to hear hear your voice, even other than reading something wonderful from Karen. So thank you for sharing that. I was just looking over my notes today. Thinking, oh, if I oh, what I get ask to share, what would I share? And uh, one thing that I really have starred is it from, from Elder Uchtdorf. Daily bread is best prepared and served at home. And that might be because I've been working on a little, Food cleanse and not having any bread, and I'm just like, oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> but daily bread is best prepared and served at home, so I really like that. I really liked Camille Johnson's talk. Jesus Christ is relief and her analogy with the backpack. It just seems so, it was just so visual. You could just see how that, how that, how our burdens can be lightened as we take them to the Lord. The one I wanted to talk about was by Elder Vern P. Stanville. I think he spoke, he was on Sunday, but his talk was the per, the imperfect harvest. And he kind of talked about growing up in Montana and his dad was, had a machine to cut the wheat and it wasn't all, there was still a lot that was a lot of the chaff that was being thrown out. It wasn't being collected. And he was talking to his dad about it and his dad kind of said, you know, like he, Vern thought his dad needed to make adjustments to the machine and and his dad says it's good enough and the best that this machine can do and I just thought it's just kind of like all of us that we're just kind of doing the the best we can and hope that God will make up the rest and and he does and so his talk was on perfectionism and that we just need to remember that perfectionism is not the same as being perfected in Christ. He talked about judgment. And there was a paragraph that I wanted to read about that because, and I wanted to apply it to what we're doing here. Let's see. He says, I have learned, however, that just as perfectionism is not the same as being perfected in Christ, self-comparison is not the same as emulation. When we compare ourselves to others, there can be only two results. Either we will see ourselves as better than others and become judgmental and critical of them, or we will see ourselves as less than others and become anxious, self-critical, and discouraged. Comparing ourselves to others is rarely productive, not uplifting, and sometimes downright depressing. In fact, these comparisons can be spiritually destructive, preventing us from receiving the spiritual help we need, on the other hand, emulating those we re, we respect who demonstrate Christ-like attributes can be instructive, and uplifting, and can help us become better disciples of Jesus Christ. So I just remember, like even you know, coming to these meetings and mom power training and hearing what I was hearing sometimes for the first time and thinking, "Wow, this is awesome!" And then hearing many of you express yourself so well and think, "Oh, wow, they've got it all figured out. They can they can speak so well and just kind of." thinking I'm far from that. There, There's no way I can do that. But I like what I saw and I like what I could see in, in, in many of you. And I've just kind of tried to emulate that, I guess, and not feel discouraged or, and I was thinking if I really were, if I really was discouraged or anxious about all that, would I still be here? So I just kind of like, I was just thinking about like new moms who might be coming, who might be feeling that, you know, many of us still don't have things figured out, but we're trying. And yeah, we all know that comparing comparing ourselves to others or either good or for bad is is not a good way to be. And so I just liked, I just liked that paragraph. I just liked what he said so much. So I thought that, that, that was good. And another thing that was awesome about his talk is he talked about the parable of the sower and he talked about the Lord feeding the 5,000. And it was another purple. Oh, Peter walking on the water. And so it was just like, seems so relevant with what we're receiving, what we're learning in come follow me. And so our little efforts, what we do put forth, the Lord can magnify and, and make us better. So I don't know. I just really liked, liked that talk and like the example that I get from all of you. So thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: So awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right.
10: I like the, thank you. I like the metaphorical backpack that about the rocks that they talked about, like to stop carrying them. And why do we do that? And I wrote myself, why do I do that on my questions to myself? Because when I'm listening to conference, I'll write things down, but then I also will like ask myself questions <laughs> so that when I can go back to it, I think on it. And I thought about the covenant relationship with God and it says to yoke ourselves with the savior and stop being stingy with the rocks <laughs> give them to him and feel his peace and stop carrying them then i wrote i can i can do there was a scripture i learned on my mission and then he quoted it then which is in philippians which is i can do all things in christ who strengthens me and that it reminded me when i heard that it took me for a second back to being in that mission conference and hearing my mission president speak, speaking that and remembering how I felt at the time as a missionary and where I'm at in my life now. And I have, I remember the power that I felt as a missionary hearing that then. And it was neat how saying that took me right to that very moment, mm-hmm. being a missionary and what I felt then. And it helped me to think, okay, you got this, keep on. <laughs> and then Elder Soros taught um I like how he said contention violates everything that the savior stood for and clothe ourselves with the bond of charity because without charity, we learn anything. And he says, stop passing on. He talked about social media and just stop passing on negative things and or posting anything that wasn't uplifting. And I noticed that like even with my kids, a lot of the things they will pass on they're usually kind of like, I guess, mean spirited, like making fun of somebody and that kind of thing. And I like, there's, when I see a different kind of reel, I get a really good feeling. But when I see those, I'm like, it's a sad feeling. And I'm like, I'm not going to pass on that. Even if it's dumb fun, if I'm going to forward something, it's going to be something that's going to help somebody. And that's one way, one thing that I was like i'm going to keep on encouraging doing those kinds of things also he said everything entices to do good is of god everything else is evil i liked that because it was just point blank period and it was like okay stirring up the hearts have enmity and hate is what the adversary wants and he says don't let satan tricks destroy relationships Gospel represents the savior. Be an instrument of his of his peace in this world. Be uplifting, supportive, and look for the best in others. Seek after good. Resist urges to take offense with those who speak evil against us. Wait like that. I had I had mentioned in my group how I had gotten my room that I was going to rent in Utah. And I was glad that that was taken care of. And that was one thing that I didn't have to worry about next, but she messaged me and I've got another situation sorted already. I didn't feel stressed when this happened. And I just felt like I was supposed to testify to her and to just let her know it's okay. And I wrote her, she told me that her dad had had a heart attack and that she didn't ask for alimony when she got divorced because she wanted to be the the um, I can do it kind of person without you. But then later she ended up having heart and kidney failure and she hasn't been able to work. And, but so she was trying to figure out how to still have, let me come to rent a room there rather than her dad who had just had a heart attack. Then she also found out that her sister was diagnosed with cancer. And then I just said, "Oh my goodness." She said, "I just was thinking about you." And I said, "Sorry." Oh, she said, "Sorry, I've been in the hospital with Dad and my little sister. She found out she had cervical cancer. I'm so sorry for not getting back to you." And then we kept on conversing, and i I didn't feel I didn't feel upset with her or anything. That it was because she had asked me if I could hold off finding another place for a couple of days, and so I did. But I didn't feel upset at all. And she says, I'm so sorry for not getting back too quickly. She goes, I wish we could have hung out and this could work. But right now I'm the only sibling with enough room for those who need it. So I can't rent right now to you. And I said, oh no, I said, I'm sorry, your family's having so much health problems. And it made, and she said, and it makes me so sad. I said, things happen though. And I understand I will continue to pray for your family. Thank you so much. then she said she said thank you so much and i said if you'd be okay with it and would you mind sending their names and i could add them to the prayer list now she is a a less active and has been for quite a long while and she and i said i can add them to the prayer list i reckon prayers never hurt anyone and more good vibes is a good thing if you're okay with that and she said that is so thoughtful thank you then i told her i will add them right now have wonderful Easter and I hope you all can find comfort knowing that these bodies we have are imperfect though one day we will have bodies that are flawless. I have a drop foot that happened from one of my eight back surgeries. I had, I use a cane at times and some sometimes a walker though I know that this is only temporary. In one of the surgeries I died for 23 minutes though I did get to see and feel my body restored to its proper frame and mobility. I got to see my two children that have passed to miscarriages, and I was able to spend what felt like a whole day with them. That experience and me choosing to come back to be here for my five other children helps me to know when I'm struggling that one day it'll all be good. Focus on the positive and know that this too shall pass. I will continue to keep your family in my prayers. My new friend, have a blessed Easter. She said, thank you. That just made me cry. That was what I needed so beautifully written. You're such a sweet spirit. I'm so grateful for meeting you. Please keep me posted on if you find a good place. Maybe we can do lunch if you would like. And I said, I would absolutely love that. I will message you when I get settled, when I get back. I know my first week will be busy because I have the, and then I talked about our thing that we're doing the time, Mothers Who Know and all that. But I love that Father gave me an opportunity to show kindness and grace and to still share with her. I felt prompted to share what I did. And I know I, I kept asking Heavenly father, after conference, please use me however you need me. And right there, I truly felt like he said, okay, I am, here's this opportunity. (laughs) And he did. And, and then I, I also really liked where we were told to talk to, to revisit third Nephi. And I then posted about my thoughts on that. And it's probably quicker for me to just read it than to me try and talk it out. But it just says, "I'm." Um, oh, and there was a quote that I heard also. And so I said, I heard this today. And the quote, the quote says, you can only love the Lord as much as a person you love the least. And. I said, I heard this today and couldn't help but feel the words that were said. Are there any among you who are choosing not to show love to those around us? This world is so good at mimicking and trying to imitate true joy and happiness. It can tell you that material wealth you've acquired or the job title you've been granted places you in a better position than another. When in reality, in our savior's eyes, aren't we all the same? If you allow yourself to have envy or enmity, towards another individual it ever so slowly can be like ingesting poison there is a thief that is spoken of in the bible who comes only to steal kill and destroy whereas the savior jesus christ is here to give life and that more abundantly every day we have a choice to yield to satan and his enticements to our selfishness to our pride and many other things we choose to do, or we can choose to yield to God and to open his word, to pray and to serve others. When we choose to extend the grace that our savior extends towards us to people whom we may feel have wronged us, then that is when we know the true and full love of our savior. That is when we can feel the truest form of peace given by his grace. The peace is like no other. This kind of peace is the peace that was shown when the waters were untempered. And his his apostles drew scared, thinking that their boat was going to plunge into the depths of the fierce waves. Though when the Savior awoke and uttered, be still, the waves became calm and still. There is nothing that can match the peace and joy that is found when we truly give the grace to others that our Savior extends to us. I think of the Savior's last week of mortality, and he still washed the feet of Judas and had the supper and broke bread with him. He knew Peter was going to deny him, yet he still helped Peter to walk on water. I think of our Savior dying for the lie Abraham would tell. He was still blessed with his son. I think of David committing adultery and ultimately tried to cover it up by committing murder, yet Jesus' grace carried that sin for him. He knew that after Noah, oh, sorry, my eyes are He knew um, that after Noah built the ark, when he made it to dry land, he would get stupid drunk. (laughs) Yet he still trusted him to build an ark that would carry many to dry land. I hope this Easter we can realize that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Remember, you can only love the Lord as much as a person you love the least. Let the miracle of him rising again give you strength to love even the least of these as he chooses to love us. In the end, he wants us to enjoy the true peace only he can give. But I that what I wrote there was in a nutshell of what I felt what I felt with conference. It was, I guess, my testimony of of all the things that I that I gathered from conference. And I, you know, there are other things that I highlighted here, but that in a nutshell is what what I felt at conference and what I I know just like what President Nelson said, we can literally change the world one person at a time. And when we look at it like that, it's it's tangible or it's doable when it's one person at a time. When you you say you had to finish a whole of a, a whole pie, oh my gosh, you would feel like, okay, can I do it all? And it's, you know, one of those big old Costco kind of pies. <laughs> we probably could. And then we how do you do it one bite at a time? And I love We can literally change the world one person at a time. And, but yeah, those are some thoughts I wanted to share.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. It's good to hear your thoughts and what you wrote and see, see you as a witness, even in your challenging circumstance. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's one of your sweet gifts. Ladies in closing, just because wasn't mentioned, and it was so validating to parents, right? And we're all parents and mothers, who know, kind of focuses on the circumstances that we find ourselves in with our children. I just wanted to read really quickly this statement by Elder Uchtdorf from General Conference, and he said that, yeah, there's something irreplaceable about a parent nurturing a child. It reflects the pattern of heaven, our father in heaven. Our divine parent surely rejoices when his children are taught and nurtured by their parents on earth. And then he goes into just thanking us, which is so, I thought that was so awesome. He said, parents, thank you for everything you're doing to raise your children. And children, thank you for everything you're doing to raise your parents. Because as every parent knows, we often learn as much from our children about faith, hope, and charity as we, as they learn from us. And I was like, amen, that is so true. But yeah, his whole talk was so validating to parents. And I really appreciated that. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that or go read that, I think you'll feel seen and take some things out of that, that will help you. But thanks so much for everything that was shared today. We're out of time and I'm so grateful for uh, your testimonies and just for your desires that are so evident in the things that you share and how your desires strengthen me and so many that hear your sharing. So thank you so much, ladies. We're just so blessed to live in a time where we have so much light and truth right at our fingertips, right in our ears. It's like amazing how much there is. And General Conference always brings that to the forefront of our hearts and minds. Have a good rest of your day and we'll see you next time. Love you, ladies. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website mothersyounow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers You Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast hosted by two YSA, young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages, on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know. And on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week Mom Power training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers You Know website at motherswhoknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit please email me at mothersyouknow@lifechangingservices.org.
6: At Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.